the doors to Bemet support these programs. We have a lot of Chashu Rabbanim here. Uh, we're going to have Dibre Ptichat given. Mine's not Ptichat, it's more like a commercial, but I don't know what they call it. The official Dibre Ptichat is given by a person that I could say when I got married, I was in Kolel, and he really opened up my eyes of learning Halakha in the proper fashion. Uh, anyone that knows Mordechai Ben Chaim Shlita, he's a person, I don't know too many people with a combination of Pilpul and Halakha and Anava in such a fashion, it's unbelievable. You know, his idiot by Halakha is, is really, I know he's probably upset at me, he's angry that he even came here to say this about him, but his idea in Halakha is unbelievable. The fact that Rashul Burbank's family asked him to take the Rosh Hashiva's Shiulim and put them into Sfarim just shows me how much Pilpul he has in his head, Baruch Hashem. And, and you see, a lot of the Queens guys are leaving to come here because of him as well, to come to his Keilah. So, so obviously he has an attraction, and uh, I, I have a tremendous account of that I've been trying for everything he's done, and he's going to come and say, Kabod to um, to be here and to speak. Putin bichvod achsanya liad and Ariella. You should have only a bracha, only happiness in this house. What a big zechut! What a big zechut! Um, it's so special. Yeshut Rabbanim. It's so special to have a twofold sort of nachat, um, if I may share. Um, Liad is very dear to us in our Beth Knesset. Um, and yes, I'm not shocked that all it took was three weeks to be inspired by him, but it doesn't stop. Uh, the inspiration can continue on and on and on. Um, so we're so proud to hear that, and we're so proud of you. Uh, and your family, your family brings a special light to our Bit Knesset. And the head of Chazak, of Ilan, he, he went a little bit overboard just now with his uh, <laughs> words that he ended off with. I appreciate every word. You could have gone on. It's, 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 it's a pleasure to hear uh, compliments. Uh, I do remember those days. It was three dafyomi cycles ago when we sat, we learned brachot and Shabbat together, and uh, uh, the nachat that comes from you, from your sfarim and from your drashot and from what you do is is endless. And uh, we have a tremendous akaratatov, and so it's an honor to be here and to speak before you. I know that we are going to hear from Rav Mansu and from the Rabbanim, so I don't want to take too much time, but I would just like to share with you, everyone here, a thought. We're in the parashiot of Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu was a light that shone in the world the Kriyakar says on the Pasuk, He was sitting at the entrance of his tent, at the heat of the day. If you look at the Kriyakar, Kriyakar says a very interesting Pirush, if I remember correctly. He would talk to people about the sun. 
he would talk to people about Hashem who created the luminaries in the sky and he would spread the word of Hashem in the world like the sun that shines in the world. Abraham was a sun. He was a Shemesh Tzedakah Marpeh. He spoke to the world about Hashem, a world that didn't know about Hashem. Even Shem Vaever, who did know, but they didn't go out to disseminate the knowledge of Echad Yachidum Yuchad. It was Abraham Avinu who went out. He never lived in a house. He constantly lived in a tent. He was very rich. He could have built a beautiful house. But he lived in a tent because he was on the go. All the time. All he did was speak about Hashem. And in that way, he was like the sun that spread the light of Hashem's world in the world. And that light is shining till today. Till today. We talk about him just like as if he was just around, just a few days ago. Vamavina is alive. The light that he spread in the world is alive. So in Parashat Vayera, it says, Hashem was about to destroy Sedom. But then, it's a very interesting few psukim in the Torah. Out of nowhere, Hashem is as if talking with himself, and he says, Ham ani et asher ani Am I going to cover up from Abraham what I'm about to do? I can't. I have to first talk with him about it. I'm about to destroy Sodom. I have to tell him. I can't hide this from him. What is Hashem saying here? How can I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? Abraham? Ooh, he's going to be the father of a great nation. And you know, Ki Yedativ. I love that man, Hashem says. Ki Yedativ. means love. Ki Yedativ. I love that man. Why do I love him? Now we have to listen. Hashem is saying a reason why he loves Avraham Avinu. I love him because he transmits that which he knows about me and the behavior that he learns from me to do chesed and to give tzedakah, he gives it over to his children. He doesn't just leave it for himself, he gives it over and makes sure, he makes sure that it goes to the next generation and to the next generation. He tells the people in his house, you want all those good rewards that Hashem promised us? Well, you have to do this and you have to continue and do tzedakah and do mishpat. That's why Hashem loves Abraham. Which means like this other time, what do we see from the Psukim? Hashem says, I cannot hide information from him because he spreads my word in the world. This world today is a world of confusion. Everyone is confused. 
there's a lack of understanding of what's right and what's wrong and what should be done and what should not be done. We live in a world of darkness. The Navi Yeshaya said the time is going to come where we're going to walk in a world that is literally dark. Fog, tangible darkness. But upon you, the light of Hashem will shine. And his honor will be seen, will be apparent upon you. If we continue to spread the light of Hashem in the world, Hashem will say about us, Can I cover information from that person, from that family? Which means, if we spread Hashem's light in the world, we like segulot, right? It's a segula for clarity. People walk around without clarity today. They don't know what to do. Confusion bordering on chaos. What to believe, what to think. We're in Galut Adat. We're in exile of the mind. The mind is in Galut. But if we help out, if we do all that we can to follow in the footsteps of Abraham, to be Vayikra Sham B'Shem Hashem El Olam, to take not even people who are not ours, our own people, our own children, to make sure that they hear the word of Hashem, that they get to taste that sweet taste of Torah. Hashem says, I can't cover anything from you. You're spreading clarity in the world. Well, it's midah keneged midah. I should give you clarity. So when a person helps, with all our heart, with all our desires, and with all our money, if we help, chazak, well, I mean, I'm sure you got this a lot. Chazak, chazak, meni chazek. A person who helps Chazak is only going to be with Chazek, is only, only going to see more clarity in life. Questions are going to be answered. Problems are going to be solved. And we won't even realize. It used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore. I used to have doubts about this and this. I didn't know. And all of a sudden, there's clarity. You know why? Because you helped for that son of Abraham Avinu to shine further and further in the world. That we should be zochet, to even have a tip, to hold on to the coattails, to the hem of the garment of Chazak. What they're doing, no, I, there's, there's no greater thing in the world. And to sit here, to support, that is a tzedakah u'mishpah, that is a zechut, that will work for us, for our children, for our families, for our children's children to see nacha, to see happiness, to have good parnasa, simcha from each other, shlom bayit, all that 
rests upon clarity. Clarity rests upon how much do we help to disseminate the clarity of the knowledge of Hashem in the world. Thank you so much for coming and for listening. I think I may consider moving to this neighborhood as well. I have tremendous regard to talk to the Rav. We have many Chashur Rabbanim, but the Rav Aureach, I don't be Matriachim too much. Bereshut HaRoshiva, HaRoshiva is a mind. You know, the amount of Chizut HaRoshiva gives us is unbelievable. But I think that today we'll let your cousin take over. Rav Eliyahu Mansur does a million introduction, Rabbutai. They're meant to Torah spread around the world. You know, with all the tumadas in the internet, Abu Tai, Kosh Baku is telling us just him alone it was worth bringing the internet. You know, Torah reaching so many parts of the world, Baruch Hashem. Uh, whether it's Daf Yomi, whether it's Anatarasha, whether it's uh, this topic or that topic, you know, it's, uh, we see our Kosh Baku has a plan, but we have to use it correctly. So without further ado, we're going to answer Abu The founders of Hazak, Bereshut Barabayit, Bereshut Kahal Kadosh. I must make a confession that uh, while listening to the words of Rabbi Ben Hayim, may live and be well, which were very uh, eloquently stated, and I believe there's a a lot of wisdom behind what the rabbi said. I don't usually do this, but I would like to divert for a minute. Though I made some prepared comments, but as the rabbi was talking, he got me thinking. <clears throat> Quoted a pasuk regarding Abraham Avinu. And the pasuk says, Ki yedativ. God says that I love this man. If I was writing a list of reasons why Hashem should love Abraham, it's a long list. I mean, let's just begin with Asadan Nisyonot, Nasa Abraham Abinu, the ten tests. This is a man that was willing to be hurled into a fire in order not to give up one of his beliefs. He expected to be ashes and thus, this is a man that did tremendous hasadim to all the wayfarers. This is a man that eventually would take his only son from Sarah and be willing to bring him as a korban. We don't have to look too much to find why God should love Abraham Abinu. But interestingly enough, the Torah, as if is oblivious to all those things. And Borei Olam says, I love him, not for what he did on the outside, to the nefesh asher asu b'haram, not to all those uh, converts that he brought to monotheism, even though Harambam writes, he brought alafim v'revavot. Alafim is thousands, revavot is tens of thousands. 
Rambam knows these numbers, but it was in the tens of thousands of people. That means Avraham Abinu had one of the greatest networks of Kiruv Rehokim, as the rabbi said. He was the founder of it. But that's not what impresses HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not what he did on the outside. But what he did to Betor, what he did in his house, and what he did with his children. That was more important. Because I must remind everybody, the good work that he did on the outside, there's no remnants of it. We don't have too much... uh, Consequence from those nefesh ashir asub haran. Most of them, if not all, just reverted back to what they believed in. But Abraham's great accomplishment is what he did in the house of Abraham, which is the foundation of Bnei Yisrael. <clears throat> and what did he do? Well, I'll tell you what he did. When him and his wife Sarah Emenu saw that Yitzhak might be influenced negatively, Abraham went against his nature of chesed, and the man that his hand was extended to bring in anybody, and this time his hand went in the opposite direction, and he banished Ishmael from his house with the minimal amount of food and drink. And what was the impetus to throw out his own son? Because he needed to keep a separation and division between Beto and everybody else. That's the greatness why God says, I love this man. Because he kept Yitzhak, which is the future of Klai Yisrael, separate from Ishmael. And don't overlook, but even at the end of this week's parasha, you know, Abraham has more children. From Keturah, some say it's Hagar. And what do you think he did with those children? Well, the Pasuk says the same thing he did with Ishmael, with less drama. He gave him a few gifts and he said, be on your way. You don't belong here in the house. Abraham Abinu was very careful to keep his house separate from his outreach program and all the stuff that he was doing because he didn't want the negative effect to come into Klai Yisrael. So much so, I once saw a Hazal, it's in the Midrash. It's in this week's parasha, Abraham Zaken Baba Yamim, Hashem Berachet Abraham Bakol. Hashem blessed Abraham with everything. And I'm sure you've heard this. What is Bakol? So they say, he had a daughter, but Hayalo Abraham Abinu Bakol Shema. That Abraham had a daughter, and her name was Bakol. That you heard. But what you didn't hear is what the Bimeir says. The Bimeir says, and Hashem blessed Abraham Bakol that he didn't have a daughter. <laughs> now, give the Bimeir the benefit of the doubt, let him finish. He wasn't prejudiced to Bimeir against daughters. But why is that a blessing to Abraham? It might not be a blessing to us, but it's a blessing to Abraham not to have a daughter. So the Midrash says something incredible. Because if he would have a daughter, there would be nobody in the world that Abraham lived in for this daughter to marry. And what would end up happening? When it comes to taking 
a daughter-in-law, she comes to you. So Abraham had no problem with Yitzchak. We'll take Rivka, and Rivka will become part of the family. But if he has a daughter, he has to send her out. And she'll be out of the bayit of, Yitz- of Abraham. And Abraham knew, once you leave this bayit, it's chaos. It's, it's dangerous. It's Abu Dazara. And as a result, Rabbi Meir says, it was a blessing to Abraham that he didn't have a daughter. Because he would not know how to raise this daughter with proper Jewish values. And sometimes for Abraham it's a blessing to have a son. And sometimes it's a blessing not. And what's the Sada Shaveh? What's the common denominator between both? If I can raise them properly, it's a blessing. And if I can't, better not to have them in the first place. And I will point out that so much so it pained Abraham to see members of his family that had went off the derech, it pained the man, it bothered him. So much so that Hazal say, Abraham Avinu was supposed to live to 180. He only lived to 175. They cut his life by five years. I said, why? It's because if he would have lived the full term, he would have seen something that would have made his end miserable. And God promised Abraham that he'll leave this world He'll leave in a, in, in a good and a positive way. And if he would have made it to 180, it wouldn't have been Seba Tovah. Because he would have seen his grandson Esav go off the derech. I'm, 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 my mind is boggled by this. You know what it means to take away five years of Abraham Abinu? You know what it means to take away a second of Abraham Abinu? Abraham Abinu, Allah Shalom, every moment was measured and counted. When it says Baba Yamim, it means he came with every day which was value. And to take away five years, who knows what Abraham Abinu would be able to accomplish in five years, what, what a regular person cannot accomplish in 500 years. Five years of Abraham, but why? Because the pain that it would have caused Abraham to see a member of his family his grandson that went off the path, this would have been too painful for the tzaddik. And it's better to take him so he doesn't have to witness such a thing. Because he spent his whole life in Hinuch, trying to protect the family and separate the family and keep them insulated. And when he goes to find a wife for Yitzhak Abinu in this week's Perashah, he takes his trusted servant, Eliezer. I mean, at least we think he's trusted. Until Abraham Abinu treats him like he's untrusted. And he makes him go through a whole system of shibu'ah. Put your hand over here, hold on, Hashem. It's not the behavior that normally you'd expect to do to somebody that you trust. Especially the Torah says, HaMoshem Bechol and the Ezra had the keys to all of Abraham's vaults. So he must have trusted him. 
And the Mephashim say, sure. When it comes to Abraham's vaults, Abraham trusts. But when it comes to his son and the future of Klai Yisrael, even Eliezer, who's Doleu Mashkeh, who draws from the Torah of his rabbi, Eliezer, that Zib Ikunin, the, the image of Eliezer was like Abraham. Somebody that, according to Hazal, went up to Gan Eden alive. It's a very nice resume, but Abraham says, I don't trust you. When it comes to my son Yitzhak, there's no risks, there's no gambles here. Vashbi'acha. And I have a secret to tell you. Abraham was so afraid and so concerned to a certain degree he didn't trust Yitzhak. Because the Midrash writes on the Pasuk HaMoshil Bechol Lo, what do you have to tell me that Eliezer held the estate? The Midrash says that Abraham went to Eliezer and said, if he doesn't take, if something should happen to me and Eliezer doesn't take the right wife, I mean, Yitzhak Avinu doesn't take the right wife, don't give him any of the money. Yeah. Cut him out of the will. So Abraham Avinu is very, very strict now when it comes to raising, this is the man of hesed and kindness and charity, but he'll write his son out of the will. If he marries the wrong lady, because when it comes to building the bayit of Abraham, there there's no compromise, and there there's no room for rahmanut and for all sorts of compassion that can compromise the house. And that's why God says, I love this man. Like the Rab said. I'm, I'm not, this is an inspiration from only what the rabbi said. I'm just elaborating a bit. And this is exactly what Hazak is doing. Hazak is not going around and being mikariv the world like Abraham did. Leave that to Abraham, that's a dangerous business. But they're doing something that has earned them the love of God. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu would write a chapter regarding Hazak, I think they would, he would say the same things. I love these people. Because they're trying to preserve the home, our home. And they're trying to keep the kids separate from Bnei Ishmael and Bnei Keturah and Bnei Esav. And that's not an easy job. How unfortunate it is. You know, when it came to Abraham Abinu ala Bashalom, he had to fight against Nimrod. Nimrod said, your religion or your life? And Abraham said, religion and life? What's the question? Take my life, I won't give up one iota of the truth. And he was willing to die. And I ask today, does anybody in America, is anybody putting a gun to these parents and telling them, send your kids to public school? Anybody forcing them not to give them a yeshiva education? In this case, the parents are throwing their children into the fire willingly without anybody asking. If Abraham wouldn't have jumped into the fire, you could say, I understand, pressure, that's one of done. But here, to throw your kid into a fire where nobody has a gun to your head, what's the excuse for that? Nobody's asking us for our religion today, and we're giving it over to them on a silver platter. It's shameful. It's shameful, and it's 
Pikuach Nefesh to the highest order. And when I say Pikuach Nefesh, I don't say it lightly. There's a great rabbi called Rabbi Haskel of Ramsky, Alaba Shalom. And after the war, <coughs> he was involved, he was in Europe, he was in London. And those children that survived the Holocaust, he was trying to bring them to yeshivas and give them Jewish education. Who needed money, like Hazak needs money. Not that nothing changes. <clears throat> so he went to a very wealthy man and he said, what I'm raising money for is pikuach nefesh. And the man said, don't tell me what pikuach nefesh is. When such a religious guy, it's a matter of life and death. What does it mean? These kids need Jewish education. And the man got offended. That's not life and death. Life and death means food. Life and death means shelter. Life and death means clothing. You didn't come for that. And anyway, the joint is giving them all that. You're coming for education. Jewish education is not a matter of life and death, Rabbi. And he sent them on his way. And the story is told that that Friday night, this rich man was not a religious man. He got a call. <clears throat> and when he picked up the phone, he said, yeah, who's speaking? He said, this is Yehazkel Abramsky. He says, Rabbi, isn't this your Sabbath? He says, I told you it was a matter of life and death. And for life and death, we're able to desecrate the Shabbat. These kids don't get a Jewish education. We're going to lose their souls. Therefore, I can call you on Shabbat. If he called or somebody else called, but he spoke on the phone. This is Bikuach Nefesh. If the rabbi would call us to a meeting on Shabbat, we'd have to ask a big rabbi, we might have to attend. As the rabbi said, that the clock is ticking and the time is short. So they're doing their job. And they're successful to a great degree. Of course, they're very humble, these people. They say, oh, we only saved 1,000, 1,100. We could save 10,000. They see the job in front of them. If we had to do it, we wouldn't know where to start. How do you go convince parents? How do you pull these kids out, teach them? They know what they're doing. So where do we come in? We have the money. I dread to think that somebody that has a lot of money and has the ability to save these souls would nickel and dime this organization and contemplate if there's something maybe more important to do with their money. This is why God loves Abraham. Because he invests in his family and keeps them separate from everybody else. And if you want to enjoy that same love, the rabbi gave you a singular, if you want to enjoy clarity and understanding, and that's incredible. But just to earn the love and affection of God and his admiration, a lot of things comes with that. Besides the clarity, you get everything. If God loves you and you're on his list, everything is there. And here, finally, we have an organization that's doing the work of Abraham Abinu. And it's not an easy work, and it's a difficult work. And not only is the time short for the organization, but probably the time is short for world history. As the world degenerates into this low level that we're in, the fog that the rabbi talked about, it's not far-fetched to say that the redemption is not far away. And I don't think it's far-fetched to say that all of us will be alive to see it.
I don't know if we could make, would have been able to make such bold statements hundreds of years ago. But today when you make a statement like that, everybody nods their head and says, yeah, he's probably right. That's how close we feel the redemption is. <clears throat> and once the curtain comes down, that's it. As they say in the, uh, in the sports industry, the game is over. That's it. Now you cannot start going Mikadev. Whichever side you're on, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people after Mashiach because, oh, I want in. But too late. Where were you the day before? So therefore, as the world, history is coming to an end and the curtain is coming down, we must pull as many kids as we can from under the curtain to our side before it's too late. And then those that had all that money, when Mashiach comes and say, you had it right in front of your face for a few bucks, for a few thousand or tens or whatever it may be, you could have saved these kids. Now look, because of you, they're on the other side of the curtain. And they're doomed forever. It's easy to collect for Yatumim and Almanot and Hatanim and Kalot. These are Sadaqot that speak to everybody's emotion. But here we're speaking about saving souls, SOS. Save the souls of these children. And to be honest with you, I wish the parents would understand this so we wouldn't need Hazak to come in. Maybe we need to start another organization to save the parents. But in the meantime, we cannot just say, well, if the parents don't care about their children, so we don't care either. No, we have to be the Avram Abinu of those families. We have to become the surrogate parents, so to speak, to take over the job that the parents are not doing, for whatever reason. And therefore I say, They have my full support. They're doing an incredible job. If I had a lot of money, which I obviously don't, then you probably would not even have to worry about your budget. I would take the whole thing on myself because I recognize the importance of it. But I have my God-given talents to talk and speak about it. So consider that my contribution to the organization, to able to promote it and to help it. So I did my share. Now you must do your share. You must honor Hashem from the talents that He gave you. And if it's with money, that's the way you have to contribute. And then Be'azat Hashem, this organization will be able to make these numbers bigger, Thousands will become 2,000 and 5,000. The more means they have, the more ideas and the more wherewithal and ability they'll be able to save the kids. Be'ezat Hashem to those that are here tonight. Hashem has put you in the position to give. I pray that you should always remain in that position. Trust me, it's a much better position to be a giver than a taker. Consider yourselves lucky but it's a responsibility as well. And therefore I pray that Ba'azat Hashem, tonight we should be able to raise the right amount of monies. I was told by the rabbi that at a certain threshold, the rabbi will give me the threshold, whatever that number is, then there'll be matching funds. 
So that's already an incentive for some people. You give a buck, it turns into two dollars, it's magic. So I hope we'll reach that threshold. And Bezat Hashem, I hope the organization should continue to have the Siyat But one thing is for sure, they are doing the work of Abraham and they are loved from above. Thank you very much. Uh,